1: Patriots Bees, brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. And Hines, it is Alex
2: Barth, and we are back live today because we were down at Gillette Stadium yesterday because the Patriots officially introduced Gerard Mayo as the 15th head coach in team history up there in the atrium in the north end zone, the new, you know, behind the scoreboard with the lighthouse, pretty nice spot, uh, and Mayo and thundercat were there to address the media <laughs> and talk to all of us for a while and i know some people labeled this press conference as a must win for mayo but uh, i thought it was about what i kind of expected you know you, you saw his personality that that we've gotten to know, but his personality obviously much different than bill he said he wants to be different than bill uh, but a lot of the important stuff the offense the coaching staff was kept under wraps right he he didn't show his cards but For as an introductory press conference goes, I I thought it went pretty well for for Gerard there yesterday.
0: Yeah, I I thought he did well. I think the biggest thing when his hire was announced was a lot of people, and I think it's a fair question at the time, if you're moving on from Bill Belichick, clearly that means you think something needs to change. And why are you move on, moving on from Belichick for somebody who is understandable? His entire playing career was under Bill. His entire coaching career was under Bill. Why are you moving on from Bill for somebody who's probably going to be a lot like Bill? And I think what Gerard Mayo did yesterday in a number of different ways was really hammer home the fact that he will not be Bill Belichick. Yep. And that doesn't mean he... Were there some shots at Bill Belichick in there? Yes, absolutely. But I think it was more just the over uh, overall sense of, you know, it's not going to be business as usual. It's not going to feel the same. Uh, you know, he said, it, I'm not trying to be Bill and he shouldn't try to be Bill. I think he's going to run his own program the way he wants to run it, the way he thinks is best to run it. Will there be some overlap to what Bill Belichick did? Yes, absolutely. I would hope schematically on defense, there's a lot, but obviously head coaching goes uh, uh, far beyond the scheme. But this is this is going to be Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo is going to be Gerard Mayo's head coach. He's not going to try to be Bill Belichick or anything like that. He's going to do it his own way. We'll see if that, like, it's it's I, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Let's kind of learn what his way is. He gave us some hints to it yesterday, but it's, it's too soon to say anything definitively. But if his way works, that's great. Because I've talked about this before. Him trying to mimic Belichick, any coach trying to come in here and mimic Belichick wouldn't work because they're not Bill Belichick. We've seen a lot of Bill Belichick's Yep. Uh, assistants go elsewhere and try to m- mimic Bill Belichick. <laughs> Matt Patricia, and it's a disaster. <laughs> so I, I I thought overall it was good. Would it have nice to to get? Would it have been nice to get the answers to some of the bigger picture questions? Yes, I never realistically thought we were going to get them yesterday, one way or the other. You know, Robert Kraft kind of talking around the final say question. We we can we will get to Mayo building his coaching staff. I actually think there was something to glean from his answer there. But overall, I I thought he did a good job. I thought he hit the right notes. I thought as much as you're going to in that setting, he kind of laid out the framework. He was never going to be like, yeah, well, you know, we're going to run a West Coast offense and we're going to be a 3-4 over. Like, I know people expect that. That's not what happens in these press conferences. These are political.
2: They're new events. to us, these are Pete, Right. <laughs>
0: no, and I get that. These are PR political events yep. where it's, you know, win over the fan base, win over your team, win over others in the building. And I think a lot of what Gerard Mayo said, based on what we've heard, probably resonated both with folks in the building. Uh, Fan base, I think, was hit or miss. I I also think there's some fans that are just never going to accept Gerard Mayo because he's the guy replacing Bill the same way there were certain fans that were never going to accept Mac Jones because he was essentially replacing Tom Brady. I know Cam Newton's in there. There were certain fans that were never going to accept Cam Newton. Like, that's always going to be a part of the fan base, but... I thought for the most part, Gerard Mayo more or less hit on what he needed to hit on in in this. And I thought he did a good job.
2: Yep. And it's definitely different than Bill. He said he's not Bill. And the personality is hit or miss. He's up there cracking jokes and, again, calling Kraft Thundercat. So uh, it's definitely... A different vibe as a person but then you hear them like how many times did they say we're going to be collaborative and we're going to take this collaborative right. approach no echo chamber yeah knock down these silos and no echo chambers like that and i think he even mentioned gerard like repairing relationships and connecting with this younger generation of players which it's pretty night and day when you're talking about a 72 year old coach uh who, who was in this spot beforehand so definitely a different vibe but i guess we can kind of start with the personnel department because that's a big area of focus right now and i I don't know when we were sitting there waiting yesterday and we're watching you know mac rowe and pat stewart and then elliot wolf and cam williams and steve cargile they all walk in like i turned around to taylor it was right behind me and i'm like this is everyone except bill and it was just kind of a that's how it was set up but I think there were a few points that Kraft and Mayo hit on, and it was they're going to explore what they have internally, first off. And, and you know, Kraft said that's how he likes to build his businesses up. He's biased to promoting internally. So they're going to see what they have in house, but they're also not shutting out, he called it the marketplace. So they might still right. go kind of external here, make some calls to, you know, we threw a lot of these GM names out over the past few weeks, the familiar ones like Dave Ziegler or the kind of unfamiliar ones like Trey Brown. So perhaps there's still a path for them to kind of go external here. And then he was asked about final say, and he said, we're going to appoint someone and quote, before the key decisions have to be made so whether that's free agency whether that's the draft it looks like there might be at least internally they know who has kind of final say on signing off on some of these or or turning in the draft card
0: yeah and somebody has to they were never going to not you can't go into the draft not knowing who has final say like that just doesn't make sense that would be like us starting the show not knowing who's hosting (laughs) either we're both going to start to do opens or we're just going to sit here silent for 10 minutes like they they were going to appoint somebody the question is who it sounds like we may not know. It sounds like we ultimately may not find out who that is. Cause if it's not a title GM and nobody else's title changes is Matt grows technically the, the highest ranking personnel guy they have director of player personnel, the way every NFL front office is structured, that title is generally assistant G like GM assistant GM director of player personnel. Sometimes there is no assistant GM or it's, assistant GM slash director of player personnel. Now there's been a lot of reporting that could be Elliot Wolf who does have more experience than grow. He was an assistant GM in Cleveland for two years in 2017, 2018. I, I, I talked about it. That's a weird dynamic. If he has final say, are you promoting him over grow? Are you demoting grow? Is he just going to essentially be able to overrule his boss? Cause like something weird has to happen there. Or is it Gerard Mayo? Like, those seem to be the three most likely candidates if they don't bring in somebody else. Now, I'll tell you this. If we get to, like, the end of February, the beginning of March, and we hear so-and-so, you know, John Robinson, Dave Ziegler, has been hired as, like, a senior football consultant or something, that's probably your final say. Yep. And I think basically what they're doing, just reading between the lines, they're going to kind of – the crafts are – in Gerard Mayo, or they're going to sit down with Mac Rowe – they're going to sit down with Elliot wolf they're going to sit down with carlisle they're going to sit down with probably cam williams and they're going to sit down with a couple of external candidates and say what's your plan and whoever's plan they like the best they'll give final say and i think if it's somebody in the building they'll just hey you know it won't be this simple but right send out a memo you know hey as of as of now macro has final say if it's somebody external then obviously they have to make the higher and then it becomes a little more apparent but I, I, it, it does still feel like they're in the process of figuring that out. Kraft said it'll be done before the important decisions have to be made. That's where I kind of wonder what important decisions have to be made now.
2: Now, yeah, there's a coaching like, staff to fill out. And...
0: They still, have, well, so it, I, I think Gerard Mayo is going to have final say on that. I think at this point we're talking about final say for internal player personnel, agents. right? Yeah. So internal free agents, external free agents to draft. When it comes to that, you know you got to start figuring out what you're going to do with internal free agents. You've got the, really they have like a week. I, I wouldn't say any decisions have to make right now, but you have the senior bowl in two weeks, the shrine bowl in a week and a half. And then you'll really start ramping up with internal free agents. You know, you'll have the combine in late February. Cause you can have somebody come in on draft day and say yes or no, but if they haven't been along for the ride, if they're not familiar with the process, they're going to be less effective. Right? So, to me like you got to know within a week maybe two weeks who that who that is going to be that has final say and maybe we'll know maybe we won't maybe we find out in one of mike reese's sunday morning notes columns maybe it's an external hire but that is still it it sounds like they're gonna (laughs) there's an old belichick quote um when they were trying to figure out whether to start tom brady or drew Bledsoe, and he was asked you know if he asked uh
2: uh you know, did you pull that. the
0: players and he goes <laughs> hey we pull the players we pull the coaches pull the cafeteria workers the the barbers the third graders the truck drivers like they're just going to ask everybody to use plan they like the best and empower that person and that's not necessarily a bad strategy i just would have started it two weeks ago and had the answer already i just think they're a little behind on it
2: yep i want to ask you about matt grow because i know a lot of these, you know, scouts and personnel guys, even when the coach gets fired at this time of the year, they stay on through the draft because they've been working on this so much. Yeah. What do you think if Bill goes to Atlanta here, which he took a yeah. second interview with them, and that looks he, he's going, pretty, to yeah, that looks pretty much done. It could you see Grow leaving now if, if Bill wants him and Grow and Gro wants to go, you know, maybe he hasn't liked how Bill's stepped on his toes or whatever, but if Bill wants him and grow wants to go, could you see a path where they lose Matt grow immediately right now? Or, or maybe some of those other people in that personnel department that are kind of loyal to bill and follow him.
0: I think that's more concerned with the coaching staff
2: because we've heard it wasn't all
0: sunshine and rainbows in the personnel department. So I think those people might be less inclined to follow him. Also, it sounds like uh, uh, Terry, what's his name? The GM in Atlanta
2: oh um i forget his last name he's meeting Um, with bill though
0: right he's gonna be a part of the meetings which tells me he'll probably still be there i wonder if bill's gonna have full personnel say terry uh uh font uh font not terry fauna yeah it the fact he's gonna be part of the meeting he'll probably still be there i wonder how much personnel say bill's really gonna have or if it's, you know, he's just going to coach. And if the GM's staying, you figure he's keeping his staff on. So, you know, maybe next year some more guys trickle over for like the 2024 or 2025 off season. But I, I think the – and like maybe one or two guys from the front office go. But I'd imagine the higher-ups, they have a chance to run their own ship. I'm talking about grow, Wolf, Williams. Have a chance to run their own ship doesn't sound like they were super pleased with the power they were being given by Bill in the first place. Atlanta's going to have its front office somewhat intact. I don't worry about it as much on that side. I think it's more of a coaching issue.
1: Yep.
2: Agree with you there. But let's get into that coaching staff a little bit, who might stay, who might go. But before we do that, let's take a very quick break, and we can hear from our friends over at FanDuel.
1: The NFL season is wrapping up. but. There is still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, pick a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit fanduel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 342 in Arizona. 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it in Indiana. or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 For 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. All right, so after
2: Mr. Kraft was asked about the final say in the front office, Gerard was asked kind of expectedly about his coaching staff, specifically that offensive coordinator spot. He said he's still working through that. Everything's under evaluation were his exact words. And then i believe after the press conference on you know your station 98.5 he talked about how he wants to get this together asap and he mentioned some of those you know college all-star games that are coming up in these next few weeks like they got to get this thing kind of moving moving quickly here so and now we have bill who looks close to atlanta so once he signs you assume he's going to start taking the people that he wants with him from this current staff here and maybe this coaching staff might start coming together pretty quickly here, even though, you know, Gerard didn't give any exact names or offensive coordinator, like scheme philosophies, but it looks like everything's still under evaluation and we might start really getting this process uh, cooking here over over this next few days.
0: I wonder how much of it is waiting for Bill and just knowing the, and and I'm not saying Gerard's going to default to Bill and, Say, all right, well, you know, take who you want and I'll go from there. I don't think it's that. I think he'll be competitive in keeping the people he wants to keep. But I do wonder if there's an element of, you know, just, and maybe they already know inside the building who's leaving, who's definitely leaving. And I'm sure he's had some conversations with people. He's already interviewing special teams coordinators when they still technically employ Joe Judge and Cam McCord. It makes sense. They want to do it quick. Uh, I do think, I thought the most interesting thing he talked about with the coaching staff though, which was during the general presser, was when he was asked if he's going to name an offensive coordinator and he yep. said titles are important, which obviously, you know, we've heard Bill talk about titles. Bill's not a fan of titles. Mayo said titles are important. He said he's going to name all three. Of course he wants to do it quickly. Like the sooner the better. That part doesn't surprise me, but I do wonder if, I I, I think it still might be a week or two until we have the full staff and the full coordinator staff. And then from the, you're not going to hire like so, I mean, I guess everybody's still here, but like we can assume they're going to need an offensive line coach, right? It was reported that Adrian Clem's not coming back. You're not going to hire your offensive line coach before you hire your offensive yeah. coordinator because you want to make sure that the, the court, you want to empower essentially the coordinator, hire his own staff. Rod Mayo, yes, he should ultimately sign off on who's on the staff. He should not take the lead on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, it's different. It's his area of expertise. He's probably still going to yeah. run it to an extent. Offensive side of the ball, I want the offensive coordinator. You know, more or less running that show. So obviously, you can't do that until you have an offensive coordinator.
2: Yep. I thought that titles. You know, you you talk about maybe some shots at Bill throughout the thing. Like the titles one stood out immediately. He said, "I believe titles are important outward outward looking." Uh, but as far he said, like as far as built inside the building, the title doesn't really matter. But his main point was, for those looking to progress their careers outside of the building, those titles matter because other teams don't really know what you do if you don't have a title and that relates exactly back to Gerard here who spent his whole five years on on the staff as a linebackers coach and he goes to take these head coaching interviews or interviews elsewhere and not many people really know exactly his roles and responsibilities because he has this really vague kind of title so he was kind of similar to Bill where you know once you're in the building it doesn't really matter but if you want these young coaches to progress their career titles, they do matter, matter. So he's going to name offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator to help promote growth in that building. So uh, I did think that was kind of a, an interesting quote there from Mayo throughout that thing.
0: Yeah. And that he talked a lot about development. I think it goes to that. He wants people empowered to move up through the organization or to other organizations
2: that was his big thing like he wants just good people develop human beings that type of stuff uh on his staff uh let me throw one name at you who's on the staff troy brown who is coaching he's the offensive coordinator for one of the teams at the senior bowl are you reading into that anyway he was i mean he was announced as a patriots coach because he's still on the on the staff but Where do you see uh, Troy Brown in in this? Because I mean, he's a Bill guy, but he's also been a Patriot like his whole career. How do you think he factors into this equation?
0: It's tough to say. Um, You know, he doesn't like this. Doesn't guarantee him a spot on the Patriots coaching staff. That he's going. He's not going on the Patriots behalf. Like the league picked him. He just happens to work for the Patriots. If there's gonna be a new offensive coordinator, there's gonna be a new staff. And maybe Troy Brown knows his job is safe. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they were just like, you know, maybe they said, yeah, go take the opportunity to showcase yourself and talk to other coaches around the league and set up your next gig. Maybe he knows he's going with Bill and this is all a formality. Like it could go so many different ways. I don't, there's an argument to be made. It, it signals he's more likely to come back. There's an argument to be made that it signals he's less likely to come back. I think we just have to wait and see with that one.
2: Yep. It's tough. It's all just like wait and see. Wait and see till like the big stones are, are, are turned over here. Uh the only other like coaching staff note, minor note, but Demarcus Covington was there for Mayo's press conference. So he, he was, was the there. only coach that was, was there, right? The only coach. He was he was at Bill's last week and then he was at uh Mayo's only coach again uh yesterday. So he, he's still like one of those guys you'd assume would be Looked at internally as as maybe that defensive coordinator spot probably down between him or, or Steve Belichick internally they they brought in Luka Boo uh, externally but uh, I thought that was just kind of a note of note that Demarcus Covington uh, was in the building and present for that yesterday.
0: I I, I still think he should be the guy. If Steve leaves and they had they have to interview one minority candidate because of the Rooney Rule. I'm not saying that's why they interviewed Luka Boo. Like I said. He's they're gonna need a linebackers coach, right? Maybe he sticks around, but I it's good to see Covington around because that's the guy they should make a push to keep and keep as the defensive coordinator.
2: Yep, absolutely. But I mean, those were kind of the big bullets with the you know personnel control and the coaching staff. Obviously, that's what we all wanted to know going into it. Uh, we can talk about his his money quote a little later here, but were there any other like small things or anything in general that you took away from uh, that whole presser yesterday? Uh,
0: I think that was pretty much it.
2: All right. So let's talk about the money quote, but uh, let's take one more quick break very quickly and we can hear from our other friends over at LinkedIn.
0: It was brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. You can check out LinkedIn Jobs, again, over a billion qualified candidates, and they'll help you find the right person for your team like that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one and deserving quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com BEAT. That's mm-hmm. linkedin.com slash BEAT, B-E-A-T, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
2: right so after mayo was done he was you know making the rounds with all of the local media there and he was asked by steve burton about the number three pick obviously kind of the elephant in the room and he said we're going to draft the best player for a position that's very important you put the pieces together so when i first kind of heard him say that and he said we're gonna draft the best player for a position that's very important at that part I thought he was just kind of saying coach speak like we're gonna get a premium position and then came the you put the pieces together and that just screamed quarterback to me so I don't know if that's how you took it and I don't know if he would tip his hand like that to us on January 17th there yesterday but uh i mean very important position you put the pieces together for a guy who watched that mess of a quarterback room last year like uh, i read that all the way as quarterback there for number three
0: yeah uh it's so i'm i'm torn here because on one hand every instinct tells me that he's saying they're gonna take a quarterback it's the most important position they're in position to take one and i look this isn't just a gerard mayo trying to be different thing trying to be transparent a lot of teams will kind of do this when they're at the top of the draft. You can only do it if you're drafting like, you know, one, two, three, four. Because even if you're drafting eighth, it's kind of hard to lock it in because you don't know what the board's going to look like in front of you. So everything about this tells me he's saying they're going to take quarterback. It feels good to, too good to be true. I know. <laughs> and that's why like I can't get my hopes up. But, you know, does a position that's very important, is that just his way of saying premium position? Because we talk about premium positions. That's quarterback Tackle, Wonderful. receiver, corner, edge rusher.
2: Which Those they need team. all of them.
0: Right. Those are the premium positions. Or is it like is it a position that's very important or a position that's most important? Like it's, if you want to read this as him saying they're taking a quarterback, I have no problem with that. You know what? They should kind of have an idea. They're at a point right now where they can have an idea. They're like, it's <clears> different. It's different because they're not picking 15th and you don't know if they know, all right, we know we're going to have a shot. Assuming they like take Caleb Williams off the board. Cause he's going one, assuming that they like both Drake may and Jane Daniels. They're going to have a shot at, at least one. If not both of them, they're guaranteed a shot at one of them. And if they don't get one of them, they have a shot at Caleb Williams. Even better. They can go in to the off season knowing, okay, we're going to draft this quarterback. So we're going to spend all this money at wide receiver. We're going to, you know, make this trade for a tackle. We're going to, you know, this and this and this, and it gives you some flexibility. Do they need to tell us? No, I'll take it. The more information we have, the better when it comes to the draft. But makes our life easier. <laughs> it's not necessarily, and and because they're not just starting to scout these players now. They've
2: yeah.
0: done their part, and maybe I'm not saying they have a perfect picture on either player, but maybe they're at the point where they they're sitting there and and they know like, okay, you know, we're good with both of these guys. We don't know who we like better yet. We got to see the combine. We got to talk to them. We got to interview them. But you know, we we'd be good with either one if they're sitting there and they know that not a bad thing to know all right we're gonna take a quarterback at three and we're gonna plan our offseason around that there's nothing wrong with that
2: yep yeah i just i mean i get like we're gonna draft the best player for position that's important like tackle and wide receiver obviously big needs but the fact that he just put it that you put the pieces together like that just screamed quarterback to me because it's obvious this year was a disaster because I mean, for a lot of things, but quarterback was one of the biggest uh, pieces of of that puzzle, and none of these guys look like you can build with them going forward and with three quarterbacks at the top of the draft just literally put the piece together, and and it looks like he's talking quarterback there. So, yeah, we've never been in this situation, you know, because they're always picking in the 20s or or the late teens that you have never just you know the board. You know there's going to be like out of these three players one of them is going to be there for you so it is a, a little bit different situation there and maybe it's just kind of Gerard's way of doing things you know maybe you talked about how he's going to be different than Belichick maybe he is just going to be a little bit more open uh, with some of this information but you know, you know we'll kind of see but that was kind of the big money quote that was what got all the attention after the press conference but uh, what did you make speaking of quarterbacks and, and the press conference Mac Jones was the only offensive player there yesterday what did you kind of did you put anything into that or, or make anything of that
0: no it doesn't surprise me the one thing that's been pretty solid about mac throughout his time is like he is a competitor and he is a worker and i he's a team guy and i think that you know for him he as long as he's here he's gonna try to win the starting job and if they trade him somewhere else he'll try to win it there i don't necessarily think he's like has to be a patriot at this point. He probably wouldn't mind being traded, but he, you know, gets bench, you know, midway through the season, isn't active for the final game. He's not the kind of guy that oh, I'm going to take my ball and go home. You know, try, I'll, I'll I'll talk to you on the goodbye call when you trade me. Like I, he seems like the kind of guy that's going to hang around, that's going to keep competing, that's going to keep working. And if he gets a shot here, great. If he gets a shot somewhere else, it is what it is. So I think it's a show of support to his new coach as to show to everybody in the organization that he is still invested. He is still bought in. He does still want to be a presence that lines up with what his personality has been this whole time. So it doesn't surprise me. Now, those are all great traits to have in a quarterback. I think he has them. Doesn't mean anything if you can't hit a receiver. (laughs) So I'm not saying him being there means he's going to be the starter. And, and, you know, Gerard's going to be like, Mac, you were at my press conference. You are my starting quarterback. We went like, it's not that. But it's just i i think he wanted to show that he still invested in the organization he showed that whatever comes of it i don't know how much comes of it again i think they're going to take a quarterback in the first round i don't think you can have a first round quarterback on the roster with mac jones and that doesn't mean you need to trade him tomorrow maybe you trade him in march maybe you don't trade him until after the draft i don't think mac jones is going to be here next year but i think for the time being he wanted to show that he still supports the organization because it is still his organization And for what it's worth, it's a nice gesture. I don't know if it's worth much more than just being a nice gesture, but it's a nice gesture. It may be too. He's trying to show, he's trying to get some of the, you know, brat stigma taken off and show other teams like, no, I'm, I'm good with them. Like, no, it wasn't an issue. I was still bought in. I was still invested. And you don't have to worry about me checking out.
2: Yep. Yeah. I I agree with you. And I don't think he's, he's going to be here next year. I don't think he's going to be here next year because they'll probably take a quarterback, but, Are you like, is that door 100% closed for you right now? Because what if this best player at a position that's very important is Joe Alt at left tackle, and then they go out and and bolster the receiving core somewhere else? And I'm not saying this would be my ideal path. I don't think this is your ideal path, but is that door like 100% closed on Mac Jones for you? Because he is still on the roster right now. He's cheap for next year, and maybe they view themselves as... Maybe they don't like all these quarterbacks, or they're committed to any of these quarterbacks, and maybe they think their team is two or three years away from really competing, and they maybe just are are content with building the roster elsewhere and maybe trying this again with Mac again. I'm not for that. I don't think you're for that, but like, could you see a small chance that that's still a path that they're considering?
0: Yeah, I mean, you never know. I I, I wouldn't close the door on it entirely, but out of a hundred. Less than one percent, I would say, <laughs> but I, I maybe something works out where they get a bunch of, you know, they, they just fall in love with Marvin Harris Jr. And they add a bunch of tackles in free agency or through trades. And they say, you know what? We'll give them one more shot. Like, I wouldn't do that. And I don't think they'll do that, but you never, you never know with these things you truly never know. Yeah. I, you asked me before the 22 off season. All right. Mac Jones had a good rookie year, but they need more skill in offense what are the chances they take a third round guard, right? That's kind of what you're, what what we're getting at here. It's like (laughs) the chances may be low, but they're never zero.
2: Yep. Nothing's ever 0% in this league, but uh, the last bit of quarterback news, we can kind of talk about it. And there were some people talking about it in the, in the comments there about an hour ago, the bears, it was announced. They interviewed cliff Kingsbury uh, for their vacant offensive coordinator spot which just screams caleb williams all over the place at 1-1 one, one, which they didn't hire him it was an interview and we talked last show or two shows ago that they brought in greg roman for an interview which would you know pair you with justin field so it looks like they're in this you know they're collecting all this data they all say like the draft is just a fact-finding mission so they're you know turning over every stone here and that was cliff kingsbury who just worked with caleb williams but if that is the hire you would just kind of lock in Caleb Williams at 1-1 one, one, and Justin Fields is probably on the market there.
0: Yeah, they probably brought in Greg Williams and said, what's your plan to Justin Fields? And they brought in Cliff Kingsbury and said, what's your plan to Caleb Williams? And whichever plan they like best they'll go with. Uh, so I, I think they haven't decided which way they'll go yet, but they're clearly considering both options. I don't think one one direction's locked in or the other. But yeah, Cl- Cliff Kingsbury's not going there to coach Justin Fields. It's not. Yeah. Yet. He's going there to coach Caleb Williams, have him star for two years, and then go get another head coaching job that's that's the path.
2: Yep. So if they go Caleb you trade him for Justin Fields and then he Jaxer says take Marvin Harrison maybe you you know lean Joe Alt there or you, you trade back and still you know pick a receiver or tackle there but big big picture would you trade Justin Fields probably for like a third round pick as cuz your picks like yeah. 68 in that range I, so
0: I probably wouldn't I'm not against trading for Justin Fields in a bubble because here's the thing. I would trade for him as the bridge guy. Okay. You trade Mac Jones, you bring in Justin Fields. Him as the bridge guy for Jaden Daniels makes a lot of sense. He gets to come here, plays well, resets his value. Then you you can trade him again and get something for him. If he doesn't play well, you go right to Jaden Daniels, whatever. The reason I'm not in on Fields, and look, I think he's done some nice things the last – You know, he did some nice things last month, month and a half of the season. He showed some pop. But so much of this is the value of a quarterback on a rookie deal. And if you trade for Justin Fields, you have to pay him in a year. You have to figure out his fifth-year option by May. And then after that, you you know, one more year, then you got to start talking long-term contract if you want to keep him. So you lose the ability to have all of this spending power to put pieces around him and whoever it is. Whoever the quarterback is, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, a draft pick, you don't have enough pieces around them. And people say, well, if you don't have enough pieces around the rookie, how's it going to be any different? You have four years on that rookie deal. Essentially three. You want to be competing by the end of it, but you have three years, or no, four, because you have the fifth-year option. You have four years on that rookie deal to accumulate pieces and put the pieces in place. Whereas with Justin Fields, you're paying him in a year. Or he's leaving, and then what? You're back in the quarterback carousel, you're back where you are now. So I'm not against the idea of training for him in theory, but it would be as a bridge backup kind of guy. I don't think Justin Fields solves your problems at quarterback. And I know people are doing all these permutations because they want to find a way to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. is the pick you get to make when you don't blow your quarterback pick. That's I don't want to say a luxury pick, but quarterback and offensive line have to be first two. And I think those two you can do in any order. And if you have one wide receiver can be second a ton, like you look at the last 10 years across the NFL history tells us you cannot, it is, I don't want to say you can't, but it is incredibly, incredibly hard to successfully start a rebuild with the receiver. It just doesn't happen. You can start it with the quarterback. Obviously you can even start it with the offensive line. Like as crazy as it sounds, the lions rebuild essentially started with Panay Sewell. Yep. You can't start it with the receiver, so the Patriots don't get to draft. Mar- I mean, they could, but like Marvin Harrison makes a lot more sense. if You don't blow the last three or four drafts. Now, if you don't blow the last three or four drafts, you're not picking this guy. Marvin Harrison is the perfect pick for a team like the Bears, who acquired the high first round pick via trade, or the Cardinals, who are picking high because their quarterback was hurt. Those are the kind of teams that pick a wide receiver in the top five. The team that's there because they won four games with essentially their full roster. That team doesn't necessarily get to take a wide receiver. Like you have as crazy as it sounds, you have bigger needs than wide receiver.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I like fields again, what he's done the last month or two has been impressive. And I liked him coming out of the draft, but you worry about him, you know, he hasn't developed too much as a passer and then you have to pay him. It just, you'd probably be better getting a guy like Jaden Daniels, who maybe has some of those same issues, but he's, on a rookie contract and you hope you know whoever you bring in here as offensive coordinator and quarterback coach can correct those out of them at at a younger football age and and, you know the wide receiver you look at all these teams that, that we've talked about like the eagles and the dolphins who add these guys to the rookie quarterback that's always kind of like the last move right like that's the cherry on top the dolphins got all these guys and then they add tyreek hill or the eagles get all these guys and then they add aj brown like that's the last move to kind of make and not before you get the quarterback to throw him the ball or, or the offensive tackle to protect the quarterback to throw him the ball so i mean you gave the take a while ago that you would go maybe joe alt over marvin harrison and got, that. and got yelled at and i was even like I, i'd lean harrison but I think now you kind of look at it and it might make more sense to get the offensive tackle before you add this the skill positions in the I, quarter. Sorry, I
0: would just say, especially when you look at the way this offseason is structured, there are so many ways to get a wide receiver. That like everybody's acting. I I, I will remind Every you, every I,
2: year, even last year when the draft was in stacked, stack, like every year there's just more receivers available right. than quarterbacks and offensive tackles now
0: on top of that i feel like people are acting like marvin harrison jr is the last wide receiver prospect ever and if you don't get him you'll never had a chance have a chance to add a good wide receiver There are going to be other all pro wide receivers in this draft believe it or not and and probably in next year's draft too and in free agency and on the trade market like marvin harrison jr it's not it's not if you don't add marvin harrison jr you don't ever get to add another receiver and I think this is not me say, saying they don't need a receiver. That is not, you know, me saying I wouldn't take Harrison at three if I'm the Patriots is not me saying they don't need a receiver. It's me saying asset allocation. There are other ways to get an impact receiver. There are, or I would say there are more ways to get an impact receiver. There are fewer ways to get an impact tackle. There's a couple, but not a ton. I don't think there's any other way you're getting an impact quarterback. There, Because the NFL, like, the days of the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilson's of the world being traded is over. That pipeline ran dry. There was a, a surplus of quarterbacks in the NFL for a long time. Not only was there a surplus, uh, they played forever. They all played in the late eight, late thirties, early forties. And it created the situation where teams were moving on from superstar quarterbacks in a way we'd never seen before. Then you had, uh, and I wanted to pull it up and I kind of lost track of it. Uh, hang on here. I think it's 2016, 17, 2015, 16. There's a run of drafts in there. Here it is. Uh, yeah, there's a run of drafts in here from really 2012. You can even go 20. Wow, you can go way back here. All right, I'm just. So 2018, you know, you had Allen, Lamar, Baker. 20 uh, Let's go back 2016. Goff, Wentz, Paxton, Lynch. The year before that, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. The year before that, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel. Before that, E.J. Manuel. Before that, Robert Griffin, Andrew Luck, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Whedon. Before that, Blaine Gabbert, Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Christian Ponder. Before that, Tebow, Bradford. Before that, Mark Sanchez, Matthew Stafford, and Josh Freeman. And then you had some good quarterback classes before that. The point being, that is a how many years did I just give? That is about an eight-year window. At least yeah,
2: seven or eight years, <laughs> where
0: there were. What, two quarterbacks in there? Cam obviously was legit. Um, I don't even call it, like Winston's a backup. Cam, Goff, and Stafford. That's it. In like an eight-year window. The, the the excess of quarterback talent is gone. And teams aren't moving on from quarterbacks the way they did the last couple years. Because that was in reaction to, right? You go, obviously, 99 is Brady. 2000 is Breeze. Uh, you, you had a little bit later on, Eli, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, all in 04, Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers in 05. Peyton Jake was Culler all before in 06. that. Right, Peyton a little before that, you had these guys that stayed in the league and hung around, and it, it changed the conversation. So you're not, you're if you don't draft, the whatever quarterback you're drafting, that is your best chance getting a franchise quarterback. If you're going out and getting the veteran that's available, and Baker is not going to be available, don't kid yourself. You're looking yep. at the best option being 36 year old Kirk Cousins off a torn Achilles, which is scary. And then you're looking at like Jacoby Gardner Minshew, and with those guys, the ceiling, like best case scenarios, you become the Seahawks with Geno Smith. And I think that's a fun story, and I'm happy for Geno, and it's cool. But where are the Seahawks right now? That shouldn't be the goal. And yes, drafting mm-hmm. a quarterback, and I've somebody tweeted this. Uh, the other day and I thought it was it was funny I also think it's true that Mac Jones being a bust traumatized Patriots fans so bad they're now petrified <laughs> of the concept of taking a quarterback in the first round and I get it I do taking a quarterback on the first round in the first round it's scary it's terrifying you should be scared this is why when we were debating Mac and Zappy back early in the fall and everybody said oh I'll just draft a guy so move on. Like Mac had one bad game. Move on. And I was sitting there saying, you need to know for sure. And look, we found out for sure, and they're not the guy, and here we are. But you don't push the quarterback out the door until you're absolutely sure. Because the quarterback carousel, it's fucking terrifying. It's There's a 100 doors in front of you, and behind 99% of them is just misery. darkness, and <laughs> despair, and misery, and nothing. And you have no idea which door is which. But you have to open a door. And that's just where we are. Could uh, could Jane Daniels be a bust? Of course he could. Could Caleb Williams be a bust? Yes, he could. But you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback to win in the NFL. And think about it this way. What's the alternative? Because the alternatives are veteran with a super low ceiling. Day two quarterback, which we can go through the history of day two quarterbacks. It's, not, it's really ugly. Uh, or... Stay, stay, we stick with what you have and run it back with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. So, and by the way, if you're saying, oh, just get a guy on day two, just draft Bo Nix. Here's your day two quarterback, your round two quarterback. (laughs) The last five years, Will Levis, Desmond Ritter, Kyle Trask, Jalen Hurts, and Drew Locke. Those are your second round quarterbacks since 2019. And Bo Nix is not Jalen Hurts. I'll tell you that right now.
2: Even Jalen Hurts isn't looking too high. Right. Even Jalen
0: Hurts it. isn't Jalen Hurts. So the whole oh no, you get a quarterback on day two and finally, That's not how it works. The league, the days of Russell Wilson in the third round, it Brock Purdy, you know, that's you can't that's bank different. on that. You can't. That's an accident as much as it is. The league has gotten too good at scouting quarterbacks to let these guys fall. And so what I'd say about Purdy is if the Patriots have the skill position players the Niners did, fine. Take your quarterback in the third round. He'll have plenty of talent around him. Mm-hmm.
2: Take both. Not Knicks exactly the case.
0: Right. <laughs> Not exactly the case in New
2: England. Yeah. You got you gotta well, I would say you have to believe in your quarterback, right? Because you yeah. don't wanna you don't wanna one of the worst things you can do is also reach for a quarterback that you don't believe in and don't think he can be your guy. So you gotta as long as you like the top three guys, which you'd assume they like those top three guys, they're all very talented, then you, you gotta get them because you also aren't going to be thinking you're... You don't want to ever want to be picking this high again. So right. you're not going to have a shot at one of these talents up there. So you got to get your quarterback. And then like back to where we started at this conversation, like receiver and offensive tackle, there's more pass to get a top or a quality wide receiver than a quality tackle. Whether it's in free agency, you know, we talked T. Higgins, Michael Pittman leading that class. Even in the draft, you look at guys who could be available in the third round because there's, you know, you assume... If they hit tackle at that second pick, like 34, you're in range, but then it's right. kind of a drop off with that tackle class. But then, like the third round receivers, you're still looking at maybe those Washington guys fall outside of, you know, Roma Dunze, who's a top 10 pick, or, you know, Roman Wilson from Michigan. There's still a lot of good talent and, and game changers. Puka Nakua was a six, six, fifth, six round pick. Something and he like was that, yeah. like one of the best receivers a- in football this past year. So there's it so is- many paths to get a really good receiver where tackle and quarterback it's much harder to do
0: receiver still the position where you can go day three and find a stud receiver more than any other position of running back that's different because they're just drafted lower but of the premium positions on offense wide receiver is the one that has the highest hit rate later in the draft and i'm not saying wait until you know the fourth fifth sixth round to take a receiver they should take a receiver in the top 100 easy that's an easy one but yeah i uh they don't need to take Marvin Harrison Jr. to solve their wide receiver problem.
2: Yep. I agree with you. So that's some draft talk there. That's some Gerard Mayo talk from his presser. Uh, any last things you had to add there on Gerard or draft or anything that we may have left? Uh, out? I think that's pretty much it. I believe that is it. So we will wrap it up here. We will be back next week to talk about who knows what's gonna go down this weekend right. it feels like there's something every day now but uh, we will be back so make sure you subscribe to the channel turn on your notifications so you do know when we go live but in the meantime you can follow alex on twitter at real alex barth head over to sports thesportshubcom to read all his coverage about mayo and the draft from yesterday you can head to my twitter at imbrianhines and head to patspulpit.com to read my coverage from all things patriots thank you all as always for tuning in and we will see you guys next week Bye.